0: You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura.
1: Laura (laughs) told what's up, sister? I'll try that again. Hi. Hi, Larry. It's early.
2: (laughs) I know. Well, it's early for you. I've been up since 6.30.
1: Okay. No, not me. I was, well, you know. Get out at 7.30, go feed the goats and chickens and animals, and crawl back <laughs> into bed till
2: 9.30. Larry's a farmer.
1: <laughs> Guess what I did a week ago? What? I rubber band my goat, Jerry. Poor guy.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. It took three people. You get this little oh, Cheerio rubber. Rub, looks like the size of a real Cheerio, but it's rubber. And you put it on this tool, and it spreads it all out, and you just put some gloves on. Uh, pull that little joker through there and hey, <laughs> and after two I, weeks he's uh it falls off
2: what are you becoming
1: <laughs> hey let what me tell you you that? know definitely a refuge this is some sort of refuge people are coming out here and playing with the animals we had some kids last year that were that loved going out playing with the goats and the dogs just loved it
2: <clears> so keep them we're in touch so way. you could have babies
1: no, uh, a Billy, goat, mm-hmm. because he was starting to ram you. You'd go in there, oh. and the first thing, like, he got married pretty good in the hind end, and you got <laughs> me in the side. You don't Ooh. see it coming. It hurt. <laughs> I got a bruise. And then he was trying to uh, not just pal around with Mama. Once that started to happen, we had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting, you know. <laughs> Animal so, control. population. <laughs> That's the way it goes.
2: Yeah. I, I considered to, being a dog breeder when I got Sarabi, you know, but I, I think I thought about it for about two days and realized I was not cut out for that type of work. And if I didn't know what I was doing, that's not responsible breeding. So
1: yeah. I mean, we're going like to that. keep uh mama, we're going to keep pepper intact and, uh, yeah. just, you know, and maybe you can, there's goat, there's maybe eight goat farms within two miles of our house. So yeah he can find if you do want to breed and you just split you know whatever ha- they get uh, the billy goat guy gets some and you get some you can get two to three so i don't know we might but at least uh jerry chilling out but anyways we're here to talk about <laughs> not about castrating goats yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's not about animal just, reproduction. Uh, we'll just call
1: that a uh, warm up, voice warm yeah. up. Welcome to Supporting <laughs> Siblings. Laura and I back with you and uh we're headlong into the school year pretty much all over the country and Laura you're you're back and um we mm-hmm. we're, we've decided to um talk about education today and how how COVID has affected and changed it and the ups and downs. If there's any ups, if there you know what is it but I mean, right out of the gate, there. Uh, you've been back what three weeks?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And why don't you just jump in and say what you guys are doing and so, how it's
2: going? Yeah. Is it working? So my district, yeah, my district has decided in mid-August to go completely and total virtual. Um, there are some districts around here in Western New York, and I know across the country that are doing what they call a hybrid model um as a matter of fact my husband teaches at both and he is hybrid um so he has certain groups of kids on monday tuesday and wednesday he is completely virtual and on thursday friday he has other students so um there's not too many districts here in western new york that decided to go full virtual my district is one of them and there might have been three or four more um and it's 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 got its ups and downs. Um, I can say, you know, for the population that I teach, um, I teach a 121 one classroom, which means I can only have up to 12 students in my classroom, and I have a classroom aid. Um, this year I have 10, although I think I'm going to be bumping up to 11 within the next week. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm... Um, So what I'm looking for, like trash talking, you know, the education system. But this has been exceptionally difficult for individuals with disabilities, um, in my opinion. Um, This is not the ideal way to teach, especially for individuals who have severe disabilities. Um, They are missing out on many, many things that they need Um, and you know, such as therapies, their speech and OT and PT. And while those things are being offered virtually, we are, you know, under the circumstances. I think we're all doing the very best we can. And you know, with the regulations that have been set forth by the um, by the CDC, um, our district felt that it was not safe and it was going to be very difficult to manage. Um, so. You know, all those things are. what, You know, I'm teaching virtually. We're on a modified type of schedule. Um, my kids are doing fantastic as far as attendance and participating.
1: That's good. Um,
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they're the kids miss one another a lot. Yeah, that so was going to
1: be my next question. Uh, you know, have the the, the the kids that you have and the ones that are able to say how they feel. What, what do they? Yeah. You know, what do they say about what's happening?
2: They miss, um, you know, they miss their friends. They miss being able to come into school. Um, they miss the face-to-face interactions. They miss, you know, going and just having, you know, the things that we would do around the building. My classroom did a lot of jobs. Um, like, we would do recycling and gardening around the building. And, um, you know, another classroom did snack delivery. Um, we, we did soup. We we on during the fall months we had what we called soup Wednesdays where our class would make a pot of soup and we would sell it to the staff for lunch. Um so they miss all of those types of things which were social interactions that you cannot accomplish virtually. You just can't. This is impossible. Um you know so when I say that we're educating them, we are. I mean I'm I've developed a schedule. Where we're covering content we're in the middle of reading a novel we're doing our spelling we're grouped into math groups and you know we're doing the very very best we can but this is not ideal for individuals with disabilities this is just you know many many things excuse me yeah
1: distractions technical issues technical technical issues issues that are You know, that, you know, let me ask you this. Are there any students that that have siblings that help them out in this area that you've noticed?
2: Yeah. During um, this, help them get set definitely, up? Definitely. Absolutely. I have one little boy this year. Um, he's brand new to my class. He moved up from the middle school. And if his mom isn't nearby, one of his sisters is, are always nearby to help him with technical things. Um, I've seen other siblings come in and help. Um, But, you know, very often they have their own schooling to do and they're following their own schedule. Um, So it's been, you know, if you listen to the community and you listen to the families, um, 60, I I pulled my parents just recently and 60 percent of them want the children back in person. There are certain families that are saying, absolutely, I want my kids home. I'm still nervous. And I respect that. And we will figure this out. Um, I will say my district is looking at the individuals with severe disabilities and saying, you know, we need to do something, get them in building sooner rather than later. Um, you know, they they need to. Um, we're looking at services that you know may have been missed because they couldn't log in for virtual therapy. So now we're looking at what well, was their regression. Um, you know, there's very often students with these, you know, more severe type of disabilities, regress um, when there's a gap in education. So, um, you know, lots of times they go to summer school for the purpose of maintaining those skills that they have been learning. um, Long gaps cause regression. So this has been, I mean, out of all of my teaching career, and I've been doing this now, this is my, um, goodness, what year are we in? Let me think. I graduated and I started in Oh three. So, um, it's my 16th year with the district, but it's my, um, 17 going into my 18th year as an educator. And, um, this has been by far the most challenging thing that we've ever had to take on. Um, you know, I, I understand that there's so many things that are of areas of concern. Um, you know, without getting into politics of COVID or the feelings of this is what I think or I think this or I think that. Um, I I mean, we all have our personal opinions on it, um, whether that be based on factual or, you know, non-factual information. Um, I just know that eventually we've got to figure something out. And I've been saying this from when we first broke back in March. We have got to figure something out for these kids you know, we have, there's got to be something that we can do. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to have my students in building at all. Um, you know, I think that my students are higher functioning enough where they'll be able to maintain wearing a mask. Um, I can spread them out in the classroom. I can keep them socially distanced the way that we need to be. I am not afraid to have them with me face to face. As a matter of fact, I'm counting the days until that happens. And but the thing is, I don't know what how many days that is. <laughs> I'm just keep. I guess I keep counting the days that they're not with me, and hoping that tomorrow I get different news. Um,
1: it, down in uh, Tennessee this past week, a <clears throat> a poll came out similar to, um, you know, how many parents want students back in class and how many want them at home, and the results here were with were almost split within the margin of error. Uh, it was fifty four percent want. Um, kids back in the class and you know 50 and then there was like not sure you know the rest but it was basically a split decision you know usually have a three-point margin of error in those kind Mm -hmm. of polls so sadly you know you 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 said no one wants to get into politics right now but sadly it's kind of what this seems to have become because you see You see very different policies on going back to school based on whether it's a red state or a blue state. That that's what's showing. So it 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 sucks that this is. I mean, there's no other way to say it. That this is interfering, And and it's one thing that you don't hear much about. I I don't. I haven't seen many news stories. I'm sure there's something out there on the difficulties of you know the a pandemic and and working with a developmentally disabled, but there's not a lot. You hear everything about nursing homes because it's, you know, it's taking old people by storm. That's, you know, 75% of the deaths are over 70 years old. So that, that's what kind of is taking, taking the spotlight. And I'm glad we're talking about it today. And um, we're going to take a 15 second break and come back and talk some more, Um, about education and uh, Mary has uh, Mary's going to join us she's uh, Niagara U alumni and they're doing something really cool with uh, first responders we'll talk about that later in the episode we'll be right back Have you talked to um, any other uh, districts, Laura, that are, you know, have you you in touch with any other besides Vince, your husband who does uh, vocational, um, mm-hmm. any other special ed? Like uh, Vince, Vince is down in Georgia. What's happening down there? Your son, so, Vin, my nephew.
2: Yeah. So initially he's a special ed teacher down in um, Newton County Schools. Um, initially they were going to be all virtual. Um, that has changed, and they are starting to phase the students back in. Um, little by little like you know I'm not exactly sure what's happening at the elementary level because he's at the high school level but I know like they were bringing in 12th graders and then 9th graders um, until they had everybody back in person very very different down there um, and even though the cases down there seem to be a little bit higher than the and New York's numbers are actually very good which has been a source of frustration for many because we've been hovering at 1% a notch below, a notch above, um, you know, for over a month now. And so that's been a big, big source of frustration for many New Yorkers saying, so what, you know, our numbers are good. How long are we staying in this pattern um, until we try to get some normalcy back? Um, but like I said, down in Georgia, he is, um, the students are phasing back in. Um, he is also, uh, they full on sports. Um, so he's a football coach and they're playing. And, um, you know, initially when they first started having their um, uh, football practices, two students, well, I shouldn't say that. I really don't know for sure the number, but I, can, I know that they had a positive case, maybe two. The team was, you know, broke, no practices, people were tested. And then they resumed practices, and he's now played um, two games, I believe. Um, and things are going okay. There haven't been any problems that that we're aware of. I know that you know during practice he's wearing. Mama bought him a face shield that he could wear because <laughs> he said it was real hard for him to talk with a mask on while you're trying to coach. Yeah. Um, you know, so I got him one of those face shields that go, goes around his whole face. Um, you know, so it, it, it. you're right, state by state this is varying all over the country and it's really, you know, I, I mean, again, I don't want to get into the politics of this because that opens up a can of worms that I just think we try to steer clear of on this show. I mean, I have some pretty strong feelings and opinions about it, about where we should be now, but you know, I'm not an
1: expert, so I tend to keep my mouth shut. Um, but, that's the thing. Boy, that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've had um, friends get shut down on Facebook recently, social media. Boy, you, you type that word in there, or yeah. they have their AI listen to videos that um, where you mention COVID and they. You know, if they don't like what you're saying, yeah, it's taken down. And that's kind of.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, yeah, we're political atheists and supporting siblings. We um, I, I, I just it's an area I don't want to get into. But sadly, truth be told, it is affecting the population.
2: Yeah, it is. It and is.
1: Um, and um, I it's mean, really, John, John's it's, mental health. I mean, it, now since he's been back, I've noticed uh, he's a lot happier lately he, yeah. when he went out for dinner last night. He, he told me all about the salsa you, you and him made yesterday. He rode his bike. We
2: did, yeah.
1: And uh, a big difference, a big shift in the last six weeks with him calling crying. Now, he's still, you know, wanting to know about coming down to visit, uh, which is still up in the air. But it, it just goes to show that keeping them, keeping this population busy as possible on good things is so important, in, in my opinion, too. You always got to say that phrase that.
2: <laughs> this Maybe, is, yeah. You know. I mean, I mean, I will say this, though. I did speak to a medical professional um, just recently, um, and I had a very, very long discussion with him, and he brought up some things that the medical community has been discussing about, you know, yes, we are in the middle. This is definitely a virus, you know, and the thing is, is it's not going to go away. It's not just going to disappear all of a sudden we're not going to wake up one day and they're going to, they're not going to say, well, there's no more COVID. It's a virus. It's out there. It's like the flu. Um, I'm not saying it's like the flu in terms of symptoms and death rates, but it is a virus and the, and the flu is a virus. And so is COVID. We live with many viruses in our communities and in our world. Some of those viruses are very dangerous to certain types of populations, but, one of the things that is greatly concerning the medical community now is the long-term effects of other things that are happening because of the closure and the isolation. And that is suicide rates have increased dramatically. I don't have an accurate statistic. I will tell you, I heard you know, somewhere that I heard, I, 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 this seems astronomical to me, but I heard that there was an increase of 300% for suicide.
1: I've heard between um, 3 and 600% I, is what, you know, was what we heard. And,
2: and what he tied, what this medical professional tied that to was you know, people that have built their lives into businesses and their jobs and that sort of thing, and their this is their livelihood, the way that they make a living and they live, and suddenly they've lost everything. Yeah. Um, and people become very despondent, and so therefore anxieties and depressions and mental health issues have also increased, he said 75%. Um, you know, so, and, and, and when you talk about the isolation, I call it, you know, what I've said all along is what I think we're going to see five, six years from now is something that I've permed, I termed. I've been saying that what we're going to see is what we call a COVID consequence. You know, I keep thinking about <clears throat> the world in a mask and children that are not seeing that are not, you know, that rely on facial expressions and seeing mouths moving when they're talking and they're not seeing that now. And I'm wondering what's going to happen four or five, six years from now when these kids are starting to go to school, what are we going to be seeing because of the COVID consequence? I mean, it's so far down the road, but this is what, you know, his exact words, the ripple effect will be far and wide. And it will be much worse than the virus itself. Yeah. Uh, and that very, scared me. That, that really rattled me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you,
1: there was a similar comment made by a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Peter Bregan. And he's a New York State psychiatrist. He's in Ithaca. And he does a regular se- segment on a, a show I listen to, Coast to Coast AM. And, the, and he was on the news segment. The other night, and uh, he actually wrote a book he's this is a psychiatrist that is very anti antidepressants uh, psychiatric meds unless there's an extreme case of self harm or harming someone else and he's written several books on the topic, one of them uh, the bestseller is medication madness uh, his his opinion was very strong a couple nights ago on the show of the increase now you're seeing when people are going to the doctors, you fill out a form that is sponsored by Pfizer asking you five questions um and how you're feeling, and that's to get more scripts for Zoloft. That's a whole mm. nother area to get into, but the bottom line is is there's there is an increase and Laura you bring up the COVID consequence. That's a that's a great term there. Put a hashtag up there and start blogging yeah. about that.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: Good point. The thing is where it seems like right now, education, government, all this, they're going day to day on this day to day. Mm -hmm. And things change Mm -hmm. every day. And there isn't I I don't see a lot of forethought, like like what you just brought up, looking down uh, several years down the road and uh, what we're going to have to deal with. And then really take a look at the science truthfully. And what what is the right decision to do here? You know, and There's been, been a lot of growth right. into account yeah. here. Yeah.
2: There's been a lot of accepted collateral damage through this. You know, and i when John and Billy were locked up, that was just accepted collateral damage. And the disabled population was completely overlooked and forgotten about until people's parents and family members started squawking like crazy saying, Hey, what about us over here? You know, and through that when they were, you know, forgotten about you know, you're seeing people, just like I said, with depression and just, you know, them being ripped away from their families and not being able to, to see. And people that, that this, this medical professional told me the other day, there are people in nursing homes that are dying alone, lonely. Yeah. They're dying of loneliness because at that age in the nursing homes, they are, you know, already despondent and at the end of their life. And suddenly their family's not with them anymore. And there have been numerous deaths over that. So that's the thing that I'm looking at going this accepted collateral damage is and I understand I know like we've never lived through this is really in my lifetime been a pandemic that I've ever lived through and I understand that there are things that had to happen to you know control things but he even said originally this was done so that we you know we were we were locked away so that we didn't overwhelm the medical community well we didn't and, no. and and they're they're managing it. So what is the end game? You know, where is the end game in all of this and what are we doing? You know, and, and many, many people I'm hearing are saying the children and the disabled and the elderly are being used as political pawns. And if that ever reveals itself some years down the road, what a tragedy for the human race, truly this is dire, you know, for, for uh, just survival. And um, I I think that's the thing that I've just, you know, when you think about my students and they, what they need and what they're missing out on um, and just so many people just saying, well, it's, you know, sad and all, but you know, that's the way it has to be. We have to be locked up. Otherwise, you know, it's better than them being dead. I mean, that's what I've heard. And, And that's true, obviously, but you know, they're also you have to look at down the road and their quality of life that is now going to be affected. Yes. Um, over a virus that has a very high percentage of survival rate. You know, so I, I'm. The I numbers get it. here. I, I
1: do the math all the time. I watch the local news. They scroll across the cases, and I bust out my calculator. And it's been consistently a point zero one nine mortality rate and
2: well it, know, I, I mean so when you have that kind of a survival percent. rate we've had i mean our uncle just had covid uncle marty just yeah. got over it his right. son son-in-law and sick. daughter he had was it very sick he me. was sick he's but bad. he was 64 he's 64. luckily he had no um he, he honestly uncle marty is a picture of health for 64. he's got some aches and pains and you know um which is, which I guess would be to be expected from a 64 year old person. And sorry, Uncle Murray, but he, yeah, sorry, Uncle Murray, <laughs> <laughs> But he really is healthy, which I think helps him. He does have some lingering effects of some shortness of breath and some coughing and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, it was, I was very worried about him when he had it, knowing that he was up there in that range that it could be detrimental um, but he survived and his son-in-law survived and his daughter survived. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, right. it just has, you know, what I keep looking at, this what about their quality of life three, four, five years from now? When you are dealing with a child who relies on physical therapy to keep their muscles and their tendons and everything from atrophy and you know contractures and all those things what is going to happen to this to these people you know it's going to make things worse there's no denying that that is a medical fact
1: yeah so you know i i I think it's going to be this wait and see thing um i'm interested to see if anything changes after the election (laughs) with this uh, and you know we'll talk about it in upcoming episodes uh, but Um, we're going to, uh, take our last break and come back and talk about Mary, but, uh, Mary's going to share the article. We're not going to talk about Mary. We're going to talk with Mary about (laughs) what, uh, Niagara U is doing to educate some of our first responders. But first of all, Laura, I want to say how happy and proud I am of you for being asked. Uh You were recently asked to be on the family (laughs) advisory board for Aspire, which is where our brother Billy's at. And yep. uh, just a shout-out to you there. Oh,
2: thank you. <laughs>
1: mom, mom and Dad would be so proud and happy. It would have made Mom, mom and Dad cry. I know that. Well, and I kind of did. You. I got, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So, um,
2: thank you. And, you know, I got a phone call from Billy's manager, and she said that they were, you know, developing this advisory board, and um, it would be more of a, I guess, say-so and what goes down in the agency and kind of, you know, more – participatory, I guess, and things that you can help the agency develop for your families. Um, you know, I, she just said that I would, she marked me down that I said yes, and that I would hear from the right people soon. That was about a week and a half ago or so that that happened. But, you know, Larry, don't take any credit away from yourself. We walk our, I said to you that day, we walk, we both are walking our walks that mom and dad would be proud of. Yeah. We really are. We're, we're both, you know, I mean, I felt very called to people with disabilities, probably from a very young age, just because of, you know, the way we grew up and, um, you know, wrestled with it for a while, but thought, you know, when I was a young kid, wanted to be a nurse, just wanted to go out about do my life. And, but eventually that pull came, you know, I pulled right back into the families with disabilities world because that's where we both have something to offer, you yeah. know, and, yes. um. If I can make life better for one family, then, then, then great. You know, then I've done my job and, and I understand the way the walk, the, the walk that they walk. I do. I get it. And I understand. So from an educator standpoint, you know, I, I can put myself in the place of that family, and I can completely understand.
1: And you're, <laughs> you know, and, and you yeah, a sibling, <laughs> you got Yeah, three checks right there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Well, we'll be right
1: back, and we'll uh, do our last segment about education with Mary Fish. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. SupportingSiblings.com is the website. We would love to hear from you and your feedback and your opinions on um, our stories that you'd like to share about what's happening in the back-to-school time this fall of 2020. It's been quite a year. Uh, So go to SupportingSiblings.com and uh, send us a message. Tell us uh, what's happening. What's happening up at Niagara U? Hi, Mary. Thanks for coming.
0: Hi. Hey, Laura. Hi,
2: Mary. (laughs) Mary. Thanks for letting me join
0: your sibling's
2: party <clears throat> anytime you are a sibling by uh uh by marriage and so therefore you get to wear the hat too <laughs> we'll do a john
1: john greeting oh mary oh, you're funny you. oh mary <laughs> oh, mary. Stomp your foot. mary you're funny i
2: know
1: <laughs> that's a john john greeting right there
0: yeah <laughs> Indeed, it is.
1: Oh, Mary, what's she saying? (laughs) She did that the other day in the car. Mary was driving, and someone cut her off, (laughs) and something flew out of her mouth. And I was, I was in the passenger seat talking to John, and he goes, "Oh, Mary, what's she saying?"
2: (laughs) Oh God! (laughs) I haven't driven a lot.
0: It's like being sixteen all over again.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I don't leave the house much anymore.
2: Yeah, which is fine. There's another COVID. COVID consequence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For all because, I keep thinking of that movie Wally. Remember that movie that you make? Yeah, everyone we gets, yeah. everybody gets fat, fat and you know, sitting lazy in a and they, <laughs> <laughs> they don't even walk anymore. They just ride, ride around on care, you know?
1: You know, Dad <laughs> I, I foresaw I that. Gonna happen. Do you remember no. Dad saying, well, I, I think we were sitting there playing Atari or Nintendo and yeah, I had done like an probably. eight, 10 hour run with it. <laughs> and he's like, You're still playing? And he's like, you know what's going to happen in about 30 years? Everyone's head's going to be the size of a coconut and their thumbs are going to be the size of bananas. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's,
1: he's not too far off. He's,
2: he's not. And that was way that
1: was in the 80s, the early, late 80s. But anyway, so Mary, you're a purple eagle. You were the purple eagle. I was
0: the purple eagle. At yeah. Niagara U. That suit is hot. In case you ever want to <laughs> be a mascot, oof.
1: Well, you came across an article that was uh yeah purple. I would have loved to have seen that I've seen a photo, but
0: the photo's enough <laughs> the photo's
1: Niagara enough. University just uh, uh your alumni there and mm-hmm. they I uh am. they're doing something pretty cool,
0: yeah, well, they send you you know this quarterly magazine to tell you everything that's going on and to get you to donate, which maybe one day before I'm dead be financially stable enough to donate but There was a little article here um, that they have a program that's a a very strange acronym, but it's basically Niagara University's First Responder Disability Awareness Training. And they were just saying how they received $15,000 in funding to provide training for the town of Amherst. And the funding supports educate, I mean, short of reading this word for word, but it helps to support education for first responders and help ensure proper Proactive, proper, proper proactive. Say it like John yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> response to include um, ADA compliance, Americans with Disabilities Act compliance. So it's actually nationally reco- recognized. I can't talk today. What happened to me? Oh,
1: it's okay. I it's, didn't get to practice,
0: yeah. but it's a nationally recognized curriculum, and it's customized for each type of first responder program. So there's 911 operators. Um, EMS, law enforcement. And I guess it's been around for almost 10 years. Um, so I didn't know that, that that was the thing. But, you know, for a tiny little Catholic school, they do some pretty, they do some pretty good community work, at least from what I've seen. So it basically the training is designed to give first responders knowledge necessary to best serve and respond to individuals with disabilities. And it's the only program in the nation that provides a fully comprehensive training for first responders on how to respond to emergencies involving individuals with disabilities, including mental
2: health issues oh wow,
1: so well
2: that's, that's good important. Lord,
1: do you know has Vince ever had anything specific like that
2: he As a he's officer? definitely yeah he's definitely had you know some um you know, cases where he's responded and it's been an individual with disabilities. Luckily, Vince has a little bit more experience, personal experience.
1: Yeah. So he's able to, <laughs> He was you know, trial by fire for Vince. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I remember that day. He's been able day. to,
2: uh, you know, kind of pick it out and think like, okay, this person has disabilities and, you know, has been a little bit more, I think, empathetic and not so quick to, you know, use his police brain um, yes, I mean, he's always using his police brain, but understanding that this is different, that this isn't someone who's ready to, you know, um, cause a big scene or a crime, but somebody who's actually suffering from, you know, some sort of mental issue at that moment. So he's had a few and he's come home and told me some stories. and He's there was actually one been li- to
1: John John's house. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Not yes, for John yes. John,
2: but. Not for John John, yeah. for a different person. Um, there was one little girl in the village of Blaisdell. She's got disabilities, and I couldn't tell you what he responded there for. But she just thinks Vince is the greatest thing ever, and she bought him a Tim Horton's gift card, and it was oh, the sweetest thing. Yeah. Good. So you know, I, I I'm really happy to hear that 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 you know Niagara University is doing this, just because, um, just recently in like the beginning of September there was a. 13-year-old boy, and I looked it up while Mary was reading, because I thought it was in California, but I was wrong. It was in Salt Lake City. A uh, 13-year-old boy who was having an autistic, I call him autistic explosion, um, who was shot by police oh, um, because he started to run away. Um, you know, and I thought Recently? that could be any one of my, yeah, like beginning of September that happened. So, Aww. you know, the mom was very upset, you know, and, um, you know, you know, there have been you know getting into an area here where we're you know there's been a lot of upheaval about police and police brutality and um you know improper training and that sort of thing but you know even Vince has said on numerous occasions why didn't they just try this or why didn't they just do that you know and tactics he said um that could have been used instead of force you know um so I'm really glad yeah. that they're, you know, bringing awareness and recognition to this because obviously we've discussed the increase in rates of autism. So I think that this is more and more going to be seen in the community, you know, by first responders, um, and more and more uh, with lack of support and housing and that sort of thing. You're going to see them with their families, and there may be times that you know um, you're. First responders are called to a scene where it's an individual who's having some trouble, yeah, yeah. you know, and some meltdowns
1: so, are pretty intense. I've worked, oh. yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty oh, intense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so there's ways to talk them down, you know, and sometimes it, sometimes there isn't, but you, you know, there's there's also what we call skip training um, to use, you know, methods to restrain without harming them. Um, you know, if they're, obviously you have to protect them from their, themselves and from other people. You don't want them to hurt themselves or anybody else. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm really glad because, you know, I think that if we're seeing 1 in 58 people diagnosed with autism, obviously, you know, it's a high chance that you're going to encounter somebody who may have an autistic meltdown.
0: And I think, too, my awareness from... Your family has been instrumental even at work um, because there's, you know, there's a couple of people that you just recognize things are just a little different. Like, there's this one individual who's super, super smart. Like, when I need help with an Excel macro, I know I'm going to Brian (laughs) because he'll figure it out in a minute, but he doesn't make eye contact with you. He's a little fidgety and just, you know, what maybe what we would have called in the 80s just a little nerdy and weird, you know. But now I know, okay, maybe there's that's why he's so smart because, you know, he's just using a different part of his brain that I'm clearly not using (laughs) at all. (laughs) But I also think, too, I've thought about it a couple of times because diversity and inclusion, um, obviously, with all the events you know, that have happened here in the last just six months in the country. Um, The company that I work for is very uh, much aware of, you know, how do I say this? It's a Swiss company, so they're very white. (laughs) And, you know, it's very different in America. We're we're not just a white America. We're a very colorful, diverse America. So they're trying to learn different ways to... um, Increase diversity, inclusion, and hiring and just in general. And I thought about that the other day. I'm like, you know what, we're talking about what we look like or where we come from, but nobody's mentioned I mean, there's been a lot of um, focus on mental health in general. You know, taking care of yourself, taking your vacation days, but no one has mentioned anything about like actual, like unseen disabilities. You know what I mean? Like, right. okay, there's a, there's a lady that has a service dog. She was wounded in the in some war piece of the war that we've been in for the last 20 years. So she doesn't have a leg and she has a service dog. So you can see she has a disability, right? You know, every, all the girls run into the bathroom when the dog's in there because we want to pet the dog, even though we're not supposed to, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, for certain people like this, this other individual that helps me from time to time, you wouldn't know it from looking at him that maybe there's, you know, maybe he has a special need that he just it's not visible so I think diversity inclusion programs need to think about that as well because a lot of times those people even as grown ups those people get picked on Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, oh absolutely. you know and you're like oh he's a weirdo I don't want to talk to him and it's the same kind of thing like you don't sit with people in the break room and you know the stupid kid things we used to do in high school sometimes still carry on into adulthood and yep. trying to figure out a creative way to bring that up that you know Unseen, the unseen type of disability. I don't know. Is there a special word for that? You're looking at me. No. That like no, an invisible no, disability. I don't yeah, know, still
1: needs word? to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're no, Mary
2: termed it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's funny you bring that up because I was just talking to someone the other day about Christopher, and I said, you know, to the untrained eye, if you looked at Chris, no one would know. You know, until you really started hanging around with them, and <laughs> yeah. like you said, started picking up on those little quirks. But to the untrained eye and to the public, he's completely normal. Right. Right. But you know, would would if you talk to him a little bit more, then would you, you know, would people be more inclined to be like, "Yeah, oh, this kid is weird." You know what I mean? Like, and then start picking on someone. You know, and it just—you're right. We need more diversity training and sensitivity. And, you know, you hear so much about sometimes I just want to stand up and scream and say, you know, everybody put the money where your mouth is. You all say you want inclusions and, you know, diversity, then do it. (laughs) And it starts with you. You know, it starts with you. And then you, everyone around you will, will, what's the word I'm looking for? Fall in line or follow suit. You know, it starts with you, you know, and if you. it's absolutely we're, we're going to see more and more individuals with disabilities in our community absolutely
1: yeah exactly well this was really good laura i love love your insight on education mary thank you thank you sarabi for joining us today yeah how's sarabi doing the, oh, <laughs>
2: She's fine. fine i just went to shut the back door because
1: she's oh she's and i
2: let her out and now she's that's barking fine at i don't
1: know no we lie. make it real <laughs> all yeah. right we love we, we welcome uh four-legged animals on the show <laughs> yes yeah. robbie no cats though we i don't allow the cats in here this is a haven for
2: <laughs> you don't want them laying on your keyboard for warmth <laughs> oh
1: that's happened no i've had i, I, I've, yeah. I
2: was taking peace by the way <laughs> uh we
1: changed his name to yoda because he, oh, okay. uh, yeah, because we just thought Stinky Pete was weird to go to the vet and say, you know, because we both thought that he sits up like a meerkat. He's adorable. He's getting along really great with Onyx, and he's just he's hilarious. He cuddles nice. How about Stormy? Uh, Stormy is still crabby and can't stand anyone or anything except herself or us at feeding time. <laughs> I still oh, have that geez. picture
2: of her staring at me when I was down there last off. <laughs> I, I yeah, took I like <laughs> like two or three different pictures of her just staring at me yeah, across the room. And I'm like, big black I eyes. think if this cat could talk, it would be yeah. like, I'm plotting your death, you know, yeah, right if I had now. Thumbs,
1: I'd kill you. <laughs> yeah, she just was it. like
2: glaring at me. I'm like, what you. is wrong with that cat? <laughs>
1: well the, I, <laughs> with that on the next episode of supporting siblings Laura I've, I I found an old recording of mom and I want to share that on our next yeah. episode I'm gonna clean it up a little bit but uh, mom on the fly talking about stories of hope and how um, you can plant a seed and not even know it it's it's a great so we'll make that the focus of uh, of our next show is finding hope in this and uh, I'm sure we can come up with lots of good stories, and we'll let Mom tell one herself. That'll be on the next episode. And I love it. Uh, I'm going to go watch the Bills game for a Me minute. Too. Yep. <laughs> and uh, visit supporting siblings. Mary Fish, thank you for sharing a great story. Thanks Fifteen thousand is a you know just final comment there. Fifteen thousand is a good start, but we need a lot more money, a lot more because recognizing what you said, the invisible disability, you know, there's a lot of layers to that. So. Uh Mary. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Thanks for Mary. joining us. And uh we'll watch for your follow up blog on this, Laura at supporting siblings.com. Yes,
2: I promise I will do the blog. I, yeah. I school started and then I got I like I'm I'm thinking oh, my yeah. body is finally building up the the school stamina schedule. That's fine, yeah. No worries, <laughs> I've been coming there. home like like I, it, we know what's really hard. Is I don't want to look at any more electronics at the end of the day. Like exactly, you know, I've been staring at a computer screen all day, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it again. <laughs>
1: I know, and so, then your phone I, in between, it. you know, it, it um, wears everyone this, out, headaches, and yeah, yeah, married, got,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening and supporting siblings. And would you like to make the world a better place? Come in a random act of kindness to a complete stranger.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a not so typical at gmail.com or visit supporting sibs.transistor.fm
2: and connect with us on all our socials.